What's up, Kill Crew? Welcome to the 503 Killcast, the official fantasy football podcast of the 503 Killers. I'm your host and commissioner for life, Mike the Law Schaefer. It was a pretty quiet offseason, not much happened in the league, so I'm really excited to get back into the swing of things and soon. What the fuck are you doing here? How'd you get into the studio? What's that smell? Uh, c- come on, man. I- I'm trying to do a podcast here. Where is Lynn Thunder? Uh, L- Lynn, he- he's indisposed at the moment. Oh, sweet Jesus. Did you tie up and gag Thunder? LT, let me help you out, but is this a ball gag? What the hell's going on here? He's trying to take over the podcast. He's lost it, man. He's gone full retard. No, this is a new podcast. A better podcast. No one even cares about your stupid podcast. It's a crappy podcast. No one even listened to your podcast. It was way too long. Oh, yeah? Like your emails? Shut up, Thunder. My emails were informative and entertaining, which is far more than I could say about the Killcast. Look, man, let's, let's just talk about this. Can you go ahead and step away from the soundboard? Nope, nope, nope. Th- this is my podcast now. You don't get to be here. You don't get to talk anymore. It's my time. The people want me. The people love me. Mike, listen to me, man. I know you're hurt. I know you feel betrayed by the league. But you should know that what happened between you and me wasn't personal. You were a good commissioner. But leagues change and owners grow and sometimes we need our commissioner to change with us. It's okay. It happens. I want you to know that it wasn't your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. And look, just because you aren't commissioner anymore doesn't mean that we still don't love you. You're a valued member of this league now and forever. You know what, man? Thanks. That really means a lot to me. Maybe I I took things a little too far. Thunder, I'm, I'm sorry I gagged and drugged you. You drugged me? It's okay, Thunder. Mike. No problem, buddy. When it comes to fantasy football, sometimes we take things too far. And just to show you that there's no hard feelings, I've been talking with Lynn Thunder, and I want you to join the podcast full-time, buddy. Really? You're a great fantasy player, and I think that you would... Jesus Christ, Schaefer. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I get a little gassy when I have emotional epiphanies. That's it, Schaefer. You're off the podcast. Get out of the studio. Fine. Forget you guys. I'll make my own podcast with blackjack and hookers. Now, which one of these is the record button? Recording live from Clackamas, Oregon, it's the 503 Killcast. With your hosts, John Bryant. Brought to you by Taco Bell, Lip Moss. Oh, what's up, Kill Crew? That's right, it's the 503 Killcast. All killer, no filler, eight days a week, and whoo! John Bryant, I've been waiting nine months to say that. It feels so good to be back, buddy. Oh, so good. You know what I'm doing right now? Counting down the days to Thursday. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, so excited. Three more days until... Game one, NFL football, baby. So ready, so ready. We have a special guest in the studio. He truly is very special. He's severely special, you might say. <laughs> Mike Schaefer. hey oh, Take you, crew. I'm not that special. Oh, I'm going to turn your mic down a little bit. <laughs> when you need to talk, you don't need to like lean right into it. I Sorry, I just got too excited. You're it, good. You're again, good. severely special. Thanks for joining us today. We'll uh, have you around for a little while for some of the basic talk. And uh, are you excited for the NFL season? I am ridiculously excited. I'm excited for the fantasy season. For once, I actually don't have to have any responsibilities or any obligations that I can just kind of do whatever I need to do. That's true. Awesome. Yeah, well, I humbly take those responsibilities off of your plate. Aren't you happy about how it all worked out? You know, retrospect, yeah. It's the best thing that could have happened to my fantasy season. So, like, I'm... A better commissioner than you are, is what you're saying? Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm sure you're going to be a horrible commissioner, but at least it won't be me. All right, we'll let let the votes decide. All right, Lynn Thunder. Lynn Thunder. 
for there might be some people in the kill crew out there that this is their first episode they've ever listened to what can they expect from the 503 kill cast the official podcast of the 503 killers fantasy football league well hell you know now it's season three we had uh 12 over 1250 downloads for last season which is incredible because we only had like what 18 episodes we're a 12-man league and not even everyone in the league listens to the podcast. So. Yeah, and we got Very a 4.9 uh, star review on iTunes, so that's pretty good, too. Yeah, so which is pretty incredible considering that we're drunk half the time we do this. Well, I'd say more than half. Yeah. A lot more than half. Anyway. When, we're not, when we're not drunk, you're hungover. Exactly. So we took that into consideration for season three, and we decided that, hey, since no one in our league actually listens to the podcast, we're going to shift away from our league a little bit. Just a little bit. Less, less shit talk to the individual members, and we're going to focus more on some of those DFS pickups, a little more of that advice for your daily fantasy, or maybe even Just, your league, and yeah. who you're going to pick up on the waiver wire. Something that can maybe apply to your life, but we will still definitely tell you about all the stupid shit that happens in our league so that you can feel better about yourself. Definitely. And so, yeah, just more all-around fantasy football talk, little less league-specific. To the to the OGs of the 503 Kill Crew, you're still going to enjoy the show. We're still gonna, You're still going to hear your name every once in a while, and we're still going to make you feel bad. Yeah, and you might be able to come on as a special guest. Hey, hey. <laughs> exactly. A severely special guest. I'm helping. <laughs> yeah, and for new listeners, welcome aboard. Buckle in. We've got a great season ahead of us. Yeah, you're going to have a great time. Okay, John Bryant. Well, first things first, we had our draft last weekend. I was pleasantly surprised by how well it turned out. The draft was very nice, but before we get into that, Lynn Thunder, we got an email. That's oh. right. Hit us up at winterfellstudios at gmail.com with any fantasy football questions we will answer every single email that comes to us that's right winterfellstudios at gmail.com we don't care if it's one or even two emails we will answer all of them yes so let me pull this up here all right what's the email john brant i picked up andrew luck late in the draft for a backup quarterback i have breeze as my starter kind of weak at wide receiver three i got offered golden tate for luck should i take it Thanks, Killcast. Respectably, Kevin in Chicago. I will tell you right off the bat that I would take that. I mean, Drew Brees is a fantastic quarterback. I think he is within the top three. Him, uh, and, uh, sorry, him and Aaron Rodgers and Brady. Drew Brees, yeah. yeah. And you know what, Andrew Luck? Hell, you know, he's definitely not starting week one. The word on the street among Colts fans is that he's going to miss the first two or three weeks. But hell, he's not even throwing yet. A respected reporter in um, Indianapolis that I know personally told me he's probably going to miss at least three weeks, a yeah. minimum. And you know what? He's behind a terrible offensive line. They have a new GM who is in the middle of a rebuild. I don't care what you say. They are rebuilding. They're going to protect their franchise, which is Andrew Luck. They have no O-line. They're not going to rush him out back on the field. They just traded for Jacoby Brissett. So, you know what? Andrew Luck, he might see the field. He might not see the field. You just don't know. And Golden Tate, I mean, that's the top receiver, arguably, on a team that only passes. Yeah, I mean, on the Golden Tate side, I think he's still a little bit of a risk, but for a wide receiver three position, I'm very comfortable having him there. Exactly. Because he's probably a lot of teams wide receiver two. You know, there are some, you know, there's Kenny Galladay, there's Marvin Jones in Detroit alongside Golden Tate. But Golden Tate, you know, he's going to put up some stinker games, but he's also going to have some big games this year. He's a boom guy. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, to go along with that, there's Eric Ebron back. But Mm -hmm. you know what? He has not been healthy in a long time. And Golden Tate had a pretty good year last year. Yeah, he had a rough start. I think it was the first. I mean, he got dropped by a lot of teams. Yeah. And he was kind of the, you know, he was passed around on the waiver wire a little bit. But I think this year they've got their offense a little more in check and figured out. Last year was a, they had a completely different look for a lot of stuff, and I think this is the second year with the JBC, and I think Golden Tate's going to be a quality wide receiver three. I'd be a lot more nervous as my number two, um, but wide receiver three I'm okay with. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, luck for Golden Tate, you're probably getting something for nothing there. Yeah. Mike, your thoughts on Andrew Luck? I would say Andrew Luck, if he even sees the field for more than two or three games this season, would be surprising. He's going to be out for a few games. The Colts are going to be in the crapper. They're going to lose a few more games. There's not going to be a playoff run in their future. 
why risk your franchise quarterback? Bench him, put the backup in there. It just seems like you would take that trade if it was anyone on the other side. And quite, flank, quite frankly, the way he plays the game, I mean, they put him in there for a couple of games. Odds are he's going to get hurt again. Yep. Bad offensive line. I think they're just kind of keeping it like they're keeping it seeming like he's going to play just to keep the, the fans happy. Yeah. So the fans don't just dump their season tickets before the season even starts. Okay. What's the opposite of keeping it real? Uh, I don't know, being shady as fuck? I think it's just The being... Colts are being shady as fuck with Andrew Luck. Yeah. You can't suck for luck a few seasons in a row. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next thing. The draft. Let's go into the draft. You don't call retarded people retards. You call your friends retards when they're acting retarded. Okay, John Bryant. Well, it was your first draft as commissioner. I thought it went very well, very smoothly. Uh, the Yahoo app screwed up a little bit, but nothing we couldn't handle. Yeah. I was a little dis- – the only thing that I was disappointed in, other than one of our league members, was the quality of food at the place we drafted at. I, I apologize, guys. I, I-, I should have checked that out. I mean, they had beer, they had booze, they had everything else we needed, but the food was subpar. We will make sure that that never happens again. Yeah, now we know for next year. Anyway, into the draft itself, as always, we have four categories to kind of let you know how it did, and maybe you can compare it to your draft and see how you did, or maybe you have yet to draft. The season hasn't started yet. Some leagues do it late. Maybe you can get some golden nuggets there. Let's start with the biggest reach. For me, the biggest reach, you know, and and our league's pretty good. I think yours is probably a little bit better than mine, but I'll just say our league's pretty good. There weren't a whole lot of reaches, but there was one that just really tugged at me wrong. I didn't like it. Um, C.J. Anderson in the third round. Uh, He was – it was was Mikey drafted him in the third round. You know, he took C.J. Anderson at the very end of a wave of running backs. He even – he actually did it – kind of right as the wave for the second wide receivers were starting, which is the worst way to do it. And, you know, for the Denver Broncos, I feel like whoever starts week one is never their starter week six. You know what I mean? It's true. And he's got Jamal Charles who's going to get five to ten touches a game. I mean, hell, you don't know. Jamal Charles might outright win the starting job week four. Yep. So, yeah, that was my biggest reach. Sorry, Mikey. C.J. Anderson in the third round. I would have waited. I mean, maybe it's because I wasn't going to touch him in the draft, but – for me, um, third round's way too early. I would have t- taken maybe in the fifth. I mean, I can see it. It might work out for him. He might end up justifying his spot. But, yeah, he probably would have been there in the fourth, maybe even the fifth. All right, Lynn Thunder. Okay. What's your biggest reach? Uh, the biggest reach, I don't think there's a question about it. Um, yeah. Carter, you took Christian McCaffrey 10th overall. <laughs> I mean, he's not even a starting bell cow running back. What the hell? Yeah, there were still plenty of those on the board. There was a lot there, and you took a gadget player, an unproven rookie gadget player. Look, I know there's a lot of hype around him, but let's face it, it's because he's white and his dad was in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Telling it like it is, I like it. Look, I mean, come on. If this guy was anyone else, no one would even be talking about him. I yeah. mean, come on. How, how is he different than you know, a, a Darren Sproles or, or a C.J. Spiller or, or a Tariq Cohen? I mean, he's an undersized – or a Danny Woodhead. He, he's an undersized running back who's going to be in there mostly on passing downs, and he's going to maybe get a few bubble screens. Uh, come on, I just – yeah, he'll probably justify a bench spot or maybe even a starting roster spot, but you're going to take him 10th overall. I guarantee – you he would have been there in the second round i can guarantee he would have been there in the third round probably even the fourth round i i think he would have probably gone in the second round but maybe in the actually no no the third, the third i think there was way too much news media hype around this guy yeah. and i think people bought into it and i think carter bought into it hard. there's a there's a lot of people that are convinced that the carolina panthers are going to have this amazing bout ba- bounce back season this year and I, i'm not buying Look, if you buy that, then don't get Christian McCaffrey. Get Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. Get Cam Newton. Don't Greg Olson. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you buy into that, then get a proven player, not some gadget rookie. Yeah. All right, Lynn Thunder, do you have a best value? Best value, and it's really more of a hindsight sort of deal, so I feel a little bad about it, but uh, I'm going to say Zeke in the third. Yeah. 
That uh, is definitely a hindsight. Yeah. So, I mean, that was Diddy, and it was, I mean, at that time, Zeke had his six-week suspension, which, I mean, odds are that it was going to get reduced, and there was a good chance that it would be, you know, stayed while he appealed it in the court system, kind of like Tom Brady did at Deflategate. A lot of people forget that that suspension got imposed, and he kept it tied up in the court system for a year, played a whole year, and then was suspended four games the next year. Odds are Zeke was going to do the exact same thing. But, you know, no one wanted to touch him because, I mean, how can you justify spending a first-round pick on a guy who's going to miss half the season? He just can't do that. But, you know, did he? He went in there on the third, and granted, it's because he had a little extra draft capital to do so. Yeah, Jared Jacob last season sold off a lot of his talent uh, halfway through because he didn't have a chance to make in the playoffs. Got a lot of first, or, you know, a couple first round, not first round, but early round draft picks. <laughs> yeah. And he, he spent them on, I think he spent it really, very wisely on Zeke. You know, if you've got an extra third-round pick, why not take a chance on Zeke? And actually, it looks like that chance is going to pay off. I think Was Jared, it the third round that he got him? Yep. Yeah. I thought Jared Jacob got him for very good value in the third round, especially now that it's looking like he's going to play for week one. Yeah, I had the last pick in the third round. If he was there, I totally would have taken him. Yeah. And, and as a Des Bryant, and uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, uh, as a Des Bryant and Dak Prescott owner, it does hurt me a little bit that Zeke's going to be out there week one. As a Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's awesome. I don't think he did anything wrong. But as a uh, Des Bryant-Dak Prescott owner, I was kind of banking on those first six weeks of them being a little pass-happy and not struggling to run the ball, so having to compensate through the air. Oh, I took Jason Witten way late because I was thinking I was getting really good value in like the 12th round for a tight end who yeah. was going to be without a run game for <laughs> six weeks. Anyway, but I feel your pain. So the only thing I'd point out as a devil's advocate on the Zeke uh, suspension issue, and I, their name is escaping me right now, but there's precedence of an individual appealing and having it get stuck up in the courts and then his suspension getting imposed at the end of the season, which would actually be even far worse than the end or the beginning because that's when you need him for your playoff run. That, so if he if he pushes it off till next season, great. If he gets dinged with the suspension in the last four or five games, now you're looking into some trouble. Hear that, Diddy? You fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, at the third round, if you have him for the rest of your season and your playoffs are locked, as long as you find an alternative by the end, then you should be all right anyway. Yeah. That's true. John Bryant, do you agree that was best value? Did you have, did you have a better? I, I think that was definitely the best value. I, I chose another one just to, so we'd have some more to talk about. But yeah, I thought Rashard Matthews in the seventh round was actually a pretty good pick. Um, a lot of people forget he had a real good season last year. He had a great season last year. He's I think he's still the number one wide receiver there in Tennessee. He's got Eric Decker, you know, competing with him. But, you know, I think he's still their downfield guy. Eric Decker was always the good number two guy to me, like the – He's definitely a great red zone option, and I think uh, Rashard Matthews' touchdowns could go high or go lower. But he was never a big touchdown guy. He was just a couple catches, lots of yards kind of guy. Exactly. And I, I, I see Delaney Walker kind of taking a step back, and maybe Rashard Matthews filling in that role. Obviously, Tennessee's a run for a run first offense, um, but still, Rashard Matthews, a number one wide receiver for a team in the seventh round. Damn. Yeah, and you know, that brings up a good point, too, is Eric Decker. I mean, a lot of people are probably going to see last year and see how hurt he was and was on the Jets, but I think people forget that, like, for two years before that, he had he was averaging almost a touchdown a game. Like, yeah. He I, was incredibly consistent. I was targeting Eric Decker heavy this year. Yeah, I think Eric Decker's going to fall into a lot of late rounds and a lot of drafts, and if he's there, you know, past the fifth, I'd feel very comfortable snagging him. I wish I knew which round Eric Decker went in. I know he went real late. Yeah. Not real late. I think he may have been in the eighth round. Yeah, I mean, but still, I but think that's great value. I, that's a good value, too. Okay, so um, best draft. I think this is where we're going to each have our own opinions here, Lynn Thunder. I'm going to go ahead and go first because I think this – okay, caveat. There were some a, a couple players in our league who, like we said, we call, we call it a fire sale. Last season, about week six or something, they said, look, I don't have a good chance to even make it into the playoffs – I'm going to sell off my best players for draft picks for next year. So that's something that we have in our league that not a lot of leagues have, but some do. And it's, this is a great place to where you can get advice about that kind of stuff because not a lot of regular fantasy people address it. But this pl- particular player had a couple extra fifth round, fourth round, and third round picks. Um, and it, he, But he did well with them, and this is what his team looks like. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Antonio Brown with the first overall pick. Calvin Benjamin, who I 
I see us having a mini bounce back this year. Not a huge bounce back, but a mini bounce back. I mean, he can't be worse than he was last year. Yeah. Dalvin Cook at running his uh his is his running back. I'm not a hundred percent sold on Dalvin Cook, but I'm excited to see what happens. Rob Gronkowski, best tight end in the league. When he's uh, healthy. When he's healthy. Um, Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers, I think, is a great flex play. Our league, I should also say, we go quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, tight end, two flexes, and kicker in a defense, and IDP. But we don't talk about IDPs or kickers. Because those are stupid. Yes. Um, so, Devontae Adams is his first flex. Uh, that was his keeper. I don't remember what round he got it in, but it was a good value. Um, and then Jeremy Macklin, who I have high hopes for. But this is where Brennan's team really starts to look good is when you start to look at his bench. His bench is pretty sick. Martavius Bryant, I think, is going to have a great year. Oh, yeah. Amir Abdullah, I think, might be his over his best flex play of the whole season. I, I think he's great because he's a true three-down back, and he had a list rack, uh, uh fracture last year so didn't really play he's definitely gonna have a bounce back and he catches he runs he does everything yeah um adrian peterson i think if um mark ingram puts the ball in the turf more than a couple times this year which he does yeah and if ap can stay healthy and not put it on the turf which he also does yeah that's true um but ap he got a he got a good value for him uh kenny Britt in cleveland i mean hey he's pretty much their best wide receiver um, and then there's that Rashard Matthews that he had, and then John Brown. I mean, he's stacked at wide receiver. He's got quality running backs. I think this is the best team in our league right now. I mean, everything can change after week one, but right now, if if I had to swap teams with anybody, this would be the team I'd want. See, I, I got to disagree with you. I think that, you know, for all the extra draft capital that this person had, uh, I don't think that they put together as good a team as they could have, especially when it comes to running backs. I mean, if Dalvin Cook is who you're hanging your hat on, and by the way, I think he should be starting Amir Abdullah over Dalvin Cook week one. But I, if those are your two top running backs, I think you know you probably wasted some of the extra draft capital, and uh, you probably could have gotten some better running backs. I'm going to tell you who I thought had the best draft, and that was Shane. And Shane did have a little extra draft capital, but not nearly as much as Brennan because he did not fire sales nearly as bad. And I think his team is more well-rounded, and I think it's got a lot more longevity. I see there's a lot of holes in Brennan's team, and I think that you know he took some flyers on a lot of players that are unproven or in new situations where we're not sure what's going to happen with them. And I could see this all crumbling, you know, by week three, and maybe he's got a whole lot of holes on his team. But okay. Go ahead and break down Shane's team for us and tell us what you love about it so much. I mean, you obviously want to make out with Shane. Let's hear why. Well, he is balls deep. <laughs> that is his team name, balls deep. <clears throat> okay. Balls so, deep uh, quarterback, Jameis Winston, I think that's fantastic. He got really good value on him, waited late, did not, yep. get, did not get an early quarterback, and I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, A.J. Green and Terrell Pryor Sr. are his two starting wide receivers. I he reached think... a bit on Terrell Pryor. I disagree. But he had a second extra, or a second second round pick, so I'll allow it. But he reached a little bit on Terrell Pryor. I very much disagree. I think Terrell Pryor is going to have a great year this year. I mean, I, I agree. But early in the second, nah. I would have taken Terrell Pryor in the second if I had a chance. Okay. Yep. No, I think Terrell Pryor is gonna. I think he's gonna be a tier one wide receiver. I think he's gonna be a wide receiver one. I think he'll probably finish top ten. All right. But uh, at running back Jay Ajayi and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was a great snag, and yeah. that's a perfect example of having a little extra draft capital and spending it wisely. Because I think he took Kareem Hunt with like his second fifth round pick, which was absolutely fantastic. He was flying under a lot of radars because. Um, What's-His-Face had gotten hurt. Spencer Ware had gotten hurt, yep. was out for the season. This is the new started running back in Kansas City. Andy Reid loves his running backs. Like He doesn't do that committee bullshit. He just picks a guy, and he goes with him. All right. Okay. We saw it when Jamal Charles got hurt both years. First it was Charizard West, and then it was Spencer Ware, who outright, outright won the job. I think Kareem Hunt. You know, Andy Reid is going to give him every opportunity to make something of himself. He's going to get the touches. Oh, definitely. I think he's got a fantastic running back situation there. Tight end, he's hurting a little bit. He's going with Zach Ertz. Don't really like it. I like Zach Ertz this year a lot. I feel like Zach Ertz never lives up to the hype. He had, You're right. In, in the last two years, he hasn't. He's been injury prone. But I think this might be the year. I don't know. 
But anyway, then he's got in his flex spot. He's got uh, Keenan Allen, which is an excellent flex spot. A lot of people have him as their wide receiver too. The fact that he's got the team to put him in a flex, I think, speaks volumes. And then his bench, I think, is full of great players with a lot of potential. Here's the thing I don't like about his bench. I think he's got a lot of lottery tickets and no solid you know feel good about having to sub this guy in on a bye week i don't know i i think that his bench has two i wouldn't call them lottery tickets i'd probably call them more like oh geez i i think they're gonna definitely turn into something so I joe think they're mixon low floor low ceiling kind of guys I, I think joe mixon is gonna outright win that starting running back job in cincinnati by like week six i think he's got a future uh bell cow running back sitting on his bench i mean week six huh yeah I mean, come on. Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard have not stood out enough. They drafted Joe Mixon. He had a great preseason. They gave him all the opportunity he could, and he made the most of it. I think by week six, he's probably going to be taking over starting uh, duties. Because you know what? Neither Giovanni Bernard nor Jeremy Hill could win that job in three years. Yeah. All right. Joe Mixon is going to get that opportunity. I think he's going to Or maybe Marvin Jones just likes having a committee. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway, then he's got Corey Coleman, who... I think he's going to have a good year. Talented guy, but he plays for the Browns. Yeah, but hey, I mean, the Browns are on the upswing. I think a lot of people are going to say, ooh, it's the Browns, they suck. But you know what? We saw Terrell Pryor Sr. If you were willing to look past the Browns label, I mean, he did really well. And I think Corey probably is not Terrell Pryor Sr., but he's going to have a pretty good year. Yeah. And then then I'll give it to you. The rest of his bench is a little not deep, but hey, we're a 12-man league, and who has a deep bench? Anyway, he's got... Uh, no, I don't think so. Anyway, he's got Zach Jones. Why Zay was, Jones. Zay Jones, whatever. Kenny Galladay. Mm. Eh, lottery ticket. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Williams. Lottery ticket. Exactly. Danny Amendola. Amendola is a losing lottery ticket. He is. He's, lot- the, he's like the 50-cent scratcher that you know you're not going to win. Exactly. A lot of people think that with Julian Edelman out, he's going to be Julian Edelman. No, he's not. Look to Malcolm Mitchell. Look to Chris Hogan. Look to James White. Yes. Deion Lewis. Yes. Not Danny Amendola. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And then uh, he's got Mike Williams, who is hurt and doubtful. I don't know. Don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Especially since he's already got Keenan Allen. Yep. But anyway, I think Shane had a better draft than Brennan. I think he did more with less, is what I'm saying. Maybe. 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 All right. Let's talk about who had the worst draft. And is there any disagreement here? Mike, do you have a team that had the best draft? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with John and or Brendan. I oh. will admittedly <laughs> had not done as much research on it. But in reviewing the, in the, the, the lineups that we got here, I think, Thunder, you make a very valid point that Brendan's a little weak when it comes to running back. But I think when you go with overall value on his bench and on his starters – I think he's got the most value in there, and I think that means he can really take a lot of the people that he has on his bench and turn them into a decent running back, if one of them doesn't turn into it uh, on its own anyway. High octane. So I think he's just got a lot of value on his team, and I think he can use that value to fill in the gaps as things go on. Shane, like you pointed out, John, he's got a lot of lottery tickets. Those could be total busts, and he's got a bunch of dead weight on his bench. Brendan at least has guys that I think can get turned into something right off the bat. I think Brendan's got an albatross around his neck with all those lottery tickets. I think he's going to be too scared. I don't think those are lottery tickets. I think he's going to be too scared to attack the waiver wire and, you know, be flexible and move with When you draft well, you don't have to attack the waiver wire. When you draft healthy, you don't have to attack the waiver wire. Martavis Bryant, Amir Abdullah, Adrian Peterson, Rashard Matthews, John Brown. I mean, John Brown, he's got injury questions, and Adrian Peterson has – timeshare questions and Kenny Britt's got we don't really exactly know what he is questions I mean if you're gonna shit on Corey but, Coleman then you gotta shit on Kenny Britt yeah and I, I mean I I don't love Kenny Britt obviously but I love Martavis Bryant and I love Amir Abdullah I don't, and I love John Brown if he still is healthy and I love Richard Matthews and there's no one on Shane's bench that I love I just I think Brennan with all that extra draft capital I'm just amazed that he came out with his two best running backs being Amir Abdullah and uh, Dalvin Cook. He is weak at running back, but we're a PP, we're a full point PPR league, and you know what? Sometimes you only need one running back. I'm just going to stick with my original point. I think Shane did more with less. That's why I give him a better draft. I'll, I'll give it to you. If we were, if this was the best team category, I'd probably give it to Brennan. But I think Shane drafted better. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's get down to the dirty. The worst draft. 
And is it even an argument? Is it even close? I mean, doesn't he win this every year? It's got to be Carter. Yeah, it's Carter. I mean, uh, let's just... I mean, I'm scared to read his lineup because I'm worried that it'll make our league look bad. Well, I think probably every league out there has one guy that is just a continuous fuck-up. And for us, that's Carter. And sometimes Schaefer. I mean... <laughs> not a fuck-up. I'm in the playoffs <laughs> consistently. First off, let's start with the team name. Thomas Tanks. I get it. You've got Michael Thomas on your team, but don't pretend like that wasn't a Thomas Rawls name, all right? You don't have Thomas Rawls on your team anymore. <laughs> You're not fooling anyone, Carter. Your team name sucks. It's bad juju. Yep. Worst uh, team name every year as well. Anyway, he had by far the worst reach, as we noted, with Christian McCaffrey, number 10 overall. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's just... I'm going to shudder while I do this. I'm going to throw up a little bit in my mouth, and John Bryant, maybe you should just Sit back and drink some more whiskey. I'm just going to grade everyone you throw out there. Let's go. All right. Andy Dalton. B minus. Michael Thomas. A plus, but that was his keeper. Yep. Kenny Stills. C. Should have gotten Devontae Parker. I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah. Christian his McCaffrey. His wide receiver, too, is Kenny Stills. Should have been Devontae <laughs> Parker. If you want a receiver on Dolphins team, get Devontae Parker. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. That's a B. That's a D for where he's drafted. Yeah. Tyler Eifert. Eh. I'll give it a... C. A if he's healthy, D if he's not. Yeah. Tevin Coleman. Don't like it. C minus. I mean, come on. That guy has sickle cell. He'll, yeah. he'll never play. And, Dev- yeah, Devontae Freeman's got that thing wrapped up. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch. little too much nostalgia there. Exactly. Yeah. Don't like it. C. 31 years old. Last season in the league, he was totally hurt, and he's in a timeshare with two other backs. Mm-mm. Don't like it. Yeah. He might be. He'll have flashes of goodness, but he's not a guy you're going to be able to rely on no uh, going into the bench mike gillisley i think he's trying to recreate that like eric blunt magic which new england running back is he which of the five is mike gillisley i don't even remember exactly oh wait we can find out because carter's got more on his bench oh yeah anyway giovanni bernard look here's where you want them if you want the early season starter it's jeremy hill if you want the late season starter it's joe mixon either way you don't get giovanni bernard mm-hmm Anyway, Taylor Gabriel. Gadget. Another gadget guy. Mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead. Don't know. Uh, another, who is this New England running back? Yeah. He's one of five. Jamal Charles. Mm, might turn out to be good. It's a lottery ticket. It's a lottery ticket. And of all the picks, that was that was the least bad. And yeah. I think I think he got him really late. I think he picked him up yeah. off the waiver wire after the trade. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's a good pickup. It might turn into something, might not. And I, Frank, I don't even know who this guy is. Jay Connor, the Pittsburgh running back. He's, uh, is that supposed to be a handcuff Carter? He's the backup to Le'Veon Bell. All right. But maybe he was banking on Le'Veon Bell not showing up, but he did. Le'Veon yeah. Bell's back on th- at team practice. He was never not going to show up. Yeah. So, and then he's got Will Fuller on, on his, his IR, IR, which I don't know how Will Fuller can still be projected 0.24 points and be on the IR, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Carter, just by God far, dude. Every there's year. really not much to like there. I mean, every time you draft someone bad, it gives everyone else the opportunity to draft someone good, which I like. But I mean, just not up to the standards of this league at all. Mike, I thought you had a good draft, and you're not a particularly great fantasy football player. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. But I mean, you got no championships under your belt. But what Carter does every year is just buffoonery. I mean, it's just, I know exactly what he does. He listens to ESPN, buys all into all the hype players, Probably and then the drafts magazines. those guys. <laughs> the yeah. Old school magazines. I think, I think he focuses too much on, I have my guys and I'm going to draft them when yeah. I can draft them. And I think you need to focus more on the value that's on the board when it's your turn to pick. Yeah, he definitely does not know what BPA is. Yeah. If we were doing an auction draft, he would pay all of his money for Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah. It's his guy. Exactly. His guy. And you do what it ever takes to get your guy. This is a guy that drafted Ben Roethlisberger in the second round last year. First quarterback off the board. First quarterback. By far. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you're going to do that, draft Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so I know I'm the commissioner and I'm not supposed to, but I've had a long stance on Fuck Carter, and I've never wavered on that. And right here, this is exactly why. He Come makes, on. He, he is the only thing that makes our league not legit as shit. Carter. No, no, he adds interest to it. He adds some <laughs> intrigue into it. He plays good games and I he do, does some trades. I do like that every does, year he, at the draft we're always like, all right, 
Which round is Carter going to take that crazy player? This year it was the first. Last yeah. year it was the second. I think the year before that it was the Philly D in the sixth. Yep. That sweet, sweet <laughs> Philly D. Yep. So, you know what, Carter? Hats off to you. You keep things interesting. Yep. Mike, do you agree with Carter is the worst? You got any other ones you want to I don't think out? I could pick anyone who's even close to that. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, I know you got a roll, but thank you for coming in, joining us. Um, are you excited for the league this year? You're, you're pumped? You're ready to go? I'm pumped. I'm excited. It's going to be an excellent season. We're going to have some hell of a competition out there, and I'm looking forward to meeting you all out on the gridiron. And that first round exit of the playoffs. All right, Mike. Ah. Have a- <laughs> Every year. All right, Schaefer, it stinks like farts in here. Get out. Yep. All right, so now we got to get into the nitty and gritty injury report. That's right. Injury report. All right, Kill Crew. Injury report's going to look a little different this week. It's week one. There's not a whole lot of, like, notable injuries. There's a couple. We're going to hit the big ones. Tyrod Taylor got a concussion. He's questionable for week one. I say that means fire up Sean McCoy. Yes, definitely. And that's pretty much all the fantasy because, I mean, who are Buffalo's wide receivers? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Odell Beckham still not practicing. Still got that gimpy ankle. I think he's going to miss week one. You think so? Yeah. Something to monitor, definitely. Yes. All right, and then the probably the bigger one, and this happens every year, it seems like. Demarius Thomas got that groin injury, not playing on Monday. Yeah, I shied away from Demarius Thomas hard last, this year because last year he had nagging injuries all season long. And he's, I mean, he was never, he never lived up to his year with Peyton Manning. No. Well, I feel I like mean, how could you, but still. Those injuries become a lot more nagging when you're losing, too. And, and those soft tissue injuries, the older you get, the worse they are. Yes, sir. I've always, I said this every year. I feel like people will grab Demarius Thomas in, like, the third or fourth round, and then Emmanuel Sanders goes in, like, the fifth or sixth, and really, Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to get you comparable points to Demarius Thomas. Not as consistent, but end of year total, yes. I think consistency-wise, he's going to be available a lot more than Demarius Thomas. He's gonna. He's definitely. He does not have a history of injuries like Demarius Thomas does. This is true. I feel like you're better off drafting Emmanuel Sanders later than Demarius Thomas earlier. Okay. Anyway, it seems like it happens every year. I love Emmanuel Sanders. I've done you it two years it. in a row. And it's worked yeah. out pretty well for me. You got a little bit of a boner for Emmanuel Sanders. I get it. Hey, he's got really soft hands. <laughs> but with Trevor Simeon throwing, I don't like either of those guys really. I don't know. Emmanuel Sanders had an okay year with Trevor Simeon. We'll see what the. We'll see what the. If the Broncos improve their offensive line this year. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some trades. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's been a little bit of shakeup. Not too much that's fantasy relevant, but a few things. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's go uh, least important to most important and start off with Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Well, no he, one's he, got him on their team unless they really fucked up. Yeah. Or he wasn't traded. Like a four he quarterback league. cut by the Browns and then re-signed by the Denver Broncos. It's the circle of life. It's John Elway saying, you fuck me. No, I fuck you. Except they're certainly fucking him. That's like, I mean, he still got paid. Yeah, but he's the third string quarterback now. Yeah, dude, but he's 6'8". <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, Brock is more interesting than anything. He's going to be the third string guy in Denver. Oh my God, can you uh, think about this? This time last year, he had just gotten a $72 million contract to play for Houston and presumably lead them on a deep playoff run. Yeah, and kind of made Denver look like assholes. Exactly. But they weren't assholes. They were smart. Exactly, and Houston was dumb. Yes. Oh my God. Brock Osweiler, dumb. Brock Osweiler, he's a rich not motherfucker, a good, probably. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, sometimes I wonder about that. Like, if I was six eight, could I just like fall ass backwards in money like that? Yes. Yeah. Probably. All right. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Uh, Sebastian Janikowski. Uh, some people probably have him as their kicker. They should be aware that hey, he's in a contract standoff with the Raiders, and they're hosting new kickers. So keep an eye on that situation. Maybe get a different kicker. Are you for real? Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Exactly, because it's kickers, and kickers are stupid, yeah. but... That's my kicker, though. Oh, you <laughs> should probably look into that. Might check that out. <laughs> exactly. All right, and then probably the biggest one fantasy-wise, the New England Patriots traded to the Indianapolis Colts Jacoby Brissett for Philip Dorsett, which I think speaks volumes to a couple things. First yeah. off, the Andrew Luck situation. Yes, if the Colts are willing to trade their formerly first-round wide receiver, the you know 
Who was the guy that was there before, uh, what's his face, T.Y. Hilton? It was uh, Harris. Marvin Harris? Oh, uh, there was someone. Andre Johnson or no. something. Ah, uh, fuck, ball. I can see his face. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. you know, they're a really good wide receiver. Then T.Y. Hilton stepped up, and then Philip Dorsett was going to be like the new T.Y. Hilton. They drafted him first round, but he never really got a shot because he was hurt, and then Andrew Luck was hurt. Anyway, had a lot of potential, arguably never tapped, and the Colts trade him to New England for their third-string quarterback. Yeah, and you know Jacoby Brissett did impress last year. He had a he started a game against Houston. Houston's got a decent D. Uh, They still got shut out. I mean, they they hung like twenty eight points in them. Yeah, but uh, Jacoby Brissett coming in as a third string uh, quarterback last season looked looked good. Yeah, and you know that any third string quarterback coming from Bill Belichick might be better than anyone else on your team. Well. No, I disagree with that because I mean, not Andrew Luck, obviously. Because Bill Belichick in those two games, I mean, they explicitly tailored their game plan for Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it was all this shotgun, all read option, and then maybe a couple throws to exploit the defense when they started to bite on it. But that's a great way to utilize a third string quarterback. It's like, look, this is not at all what the other, you know, if. If he's pulled in off the bench mid-game or, you know, a week before the game, the other team can't really account for what they're going to do with a third-string quarterback just because they don't know. Anyway, the point is, if you're expecting Andrew Luck back in week three, you don't trade away arguably your number two wide receiver yes. for a third-string quarterback. Yes. So, that to me, that tells me that there's thinking that, look, we're going to have to rely on Scott Tolzien for a while, and... Maybe he gets hurt, so we should have someone there, like yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Or maybe he just sucks, and we have to give it to someone else. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think it says about the Patriots? I think it says a little bit because... About the Julian Edelman situation. Yeah, well, definitely Julian Edelman's out. Danny Amendola has always been injury-prone, and hes I don't think he's your best option at outside He's never receiver. been a big part of their team. Like he's never been yeah. a, they've never like had a game plan for him. Yeah. Like they've had he's a game plan. He's never been one of Tom's guys. And they you know, they've had game plans for like LeGarrette Blunt or James White or Julian Edelman where it's like, "All right, look, Rob Gronkowski." Exactly. There there's a weakness here in this defense that we've noticed. We're going to game plan and exploit it. You know, whether it's, you know, running the ball between the tackles because their defensive line sucks, getting it to the outside because their linebackers suck or going deep because their secondary sucks, whatever it is. You can see, like, they like their guys, and they'll do that. They've never done that with Danny Amendola. Yeah. And that's just because, yeah, I think he's injury-prone. He's not athletic enough or whatever. He doesn't get the offense. But, you know, the fact that they went out and got Philip Dorsett, who knows? Keep an eye on that. I don't see Philip Dorsett making, like, any sort of impact in the first few weeks, but maybe Amendola goes down, maybe Michael Mitchell, Malcolm Mitchell goes down. Mm-hmm. Anything like that, and I think that Philip Dorsett's going to be there to step in. Maybe Brandon Cooks is not fitting in. Yeah. You know, who knows? Anyway, keep an eye on it, because it's always intriguing to see what Patriots do with their players. I mean, they're, they're so week to week. Like, one week they'll run it 40 times, the next week they'll pass it 40 times. It's just what they see in the defense. All right, we're, we're on to the next news note. Exactly. That was my Bill Belichick impersonation. All right, let's talk about the main thing. Let's talk about Zeke. Let's talk about Zeke. All right, John Bryant, you are a diehard Cowboys fan. Full disclosure, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I think Zeke's awesome. I'm but, probably going to say some things that aren't quite politically correct in this discussion. All right, well, let's do John it. Bryant, let's lay out the facts first. Because first off, I'm a little unclear what the allegations are. I know I know they involve domestic abuse and things like that. But, but what are the actual allegations? What did Zeke supposedly do? Well, according to the um, Dallas police, nothing. They didn't charge him with anything. There was possibly maybe an incident of a an ex-girlfriend accusing him of domestic violence, which we hate domestic violence, obviously. Like repeated or like one time? We don't know. It's just she says one, a vague allegation. She she says that she, uh, he attacked her. If memory serves correct, the date that she gave, Zeke wasn't even in the same city as her. So hmm. that's a little weird. Um, I think just the – I hate to do this because it sounds really bad, but I think the character of this woman that's accusing him of all this stuff is definitely questionable. 
Right. A uh, couple of different reasons why. Um, there was a lot of text messages that the NFL uncovered about her saying, this is what I'm going to do. Her Between her and a friend saying, this is what I'm going to do to Zeke. I'm going to make him look bad. I'm going to make sure that no NFL team wants to touch him. All this bad stuff. She had some vitriol. Um, she also tried to blackmail Ezekiel, or at least conspired to blackmail Ezekiel Elliott with a sex tape. She went as far as to purchase the website EzekielElliottSexTape.com. Uh, in the text messages, she specifically said that she was going to tell Zeke that she wanted $20,000 or she was going to sell the sex tape to anyone who would buy it. Wow. So I feel like the character of this person... And you know what? I think another good example of why the character is in question is because I think the NFL initially agreed with this because... Well, that's the other big thing. And you say, you know, arguably nothing because the Dallas Police Department did not charge him with anything. But what did the NFL's investigator ultimately recommend? That no suspension be put on him. Right. But anyway, the NFL decided to hand down six weeks of suspension. Roger Goodell decided. Right. Well, Roger Goodell is the NFL in these situations. So all that said, now the where we're at now is... The NFL, so Zeke suspended six games. The NFLPA, on his behalf, has put a um, injunction. No, a well, they they filed a court case for an injunction while they yeah. appeal the suspension. Yes. So this is what's going on in the legal world. And full disclosure, I'm sometimes a lawyer when I'm not drunk. Okay. <laughs> so here's what the deal is. <clears throat> right now, the what the NFL did that's that's a private process. The courts are not involved there. But what happens is they have a hearing and they make a decision and they decided against, like you said, the reporter's recommendation, the, the investigator's recommendation to suspend Zeke. A, a, a woman appointed by the NFL. Uh, yeah. They, they decided <laughs> Sorry, not. I just think that's important. <laughs> they decided to suspend Zeke for six weeks, uh, which, you know, I think probably the reason for that is because the NFL has had a problem with players engaging in domestic violence a lot, and they need to really crack the whip and bring the hammer down and sit, make a point that that's not okay. And I think that's a very laudable goal. It's That's a good thing. Oh, definitely. But don't you also think that it kind of opens up the door for certain other people to take advantage of that and say, Oh, sure. I mean, all you have to do is say, Hey, one of the biggest stars in the NFL hit me. Here's some bruises to prove it, and then they're going to get suspended, and then she's going to get I don't know something out of it, presumably. Right. It does. It does open the door. But anyway, I'm just I'm not saying anything one way or the other. I'm just saying I'm probably that's probably the NFL's rationale for handing down the six week suspension. Yes. So what Zeke has done is kind of what Tom Brady did a couple of years ago. So Tom Brady got suspended four games for Deflate Gate. So you can appeal that through the private process still within the NFL, and you go to a, a neutral quote-unquote arbitrator, but that arbitrator is selected by the NFL, so it's not on the player's side. Okay. So the arbitrator reviews it and then makes a decision. And what the NFL has been doing lately is handing down these incredibly long suspensions, and then it goes up on, our, you know, on appeal in this private process to the arbitrator, and the arbitrator says, ah, let's cut it in half. And then the player's like, all right, well, fine, I'll take the, you know, instead of six weeks, I'll take three weeks. Right? Yeah. Instead of four weeks, I'll take one week, whatever, fine. Yeah. But what Zeke has also done is he's filed uh, a, a lawsuit in actual court seeking an injunction and a stay, which means that, look, anything the NFL done is suspended until, you know, the court gets out and the court decides whether or not this whole suspension, hearing, arbitration process is kosher under the collective bargaining agreement between the players' union and the NFL. Because that, that's what allows this, all, this whole process to happen is the contract between the players' union and the NFL. Yes. And that's what Tom Brady did last year. He filed a lawsuit and... It was in the court whether decided whether or not this whole process was cool under that contract between the players and the NFL, and it lasted a whole year, and while that thing was going on, Tom Brady could not be suspended. That's why he played and then had to serve his suspension the next year because it all got played out, and the court ultimately sided with the NFL. A couple things. I think that since the court has pretty much already heard this issue, Zeke is probably not going to get that whole one year to fight this battle like Tom Brady did. The court's probably going to say, uh, look, we've already done this. 
We've already we decided, it's not going to take a whole year. We've already decided that Roger Goodell has the authority to spend any way he wants. Yeah, under the contract that the players signed. Yes. Now, when that contract is renegotiated, I think, what, in 2020? Something like that. Yeah, uh, that probably will change. But anyway, under the terms of the contract, Roger Goodell could probably do this. So odds are, if, if I was going to take a guess at this, it's not going to take a full year to decide this. I think he's probably going to play week one, but I think he's probably going to get probably a three or four week suspension from the arbitrator. Although it could, the arbitrator could decide, look, no suspension is warranted. Although since the arbitrator is hired by the NFL and they probably want to keep doing this work, they'll probably give him a little bit of a suspension. I'd say one to three weeks, probably maybe four. And Zeke might say, look, fine, I'll do that. And he might have to serve it in the middle or the end of the season. Yeah, and that would be rough for the Cowboys if it comes to, and, and fantasy owners if it comes towards the end of the season because that's fantasy playoffs, that's regular playoffs. You know, I feel like as a Cowboys fan at this point, I almost wish that, you know what, Zeke, take the six, get it over with at the beginning of the season. Even if the Cowboys come out four and two, we still have a chance for the rest of the season with you back. And I think the Cowboys could do could easily get four and you know win drop two games win four games then Zeke's back and then they run the table. I mean that might be the best thing for the team arguably, but it's definitely not the best thing for Zeke because Zeke doesn't get paid for those six weeks. And I mean that's that's Jerry Jones takes care. That's of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Jerry Jones takes care of his guys. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Jones makes I mean, sure that shit happens. Zeke's gonna get paid a lot of money a lot of times down the road so i don't think that's his like i think zeke wants to be part of a whole season and a and a playoff run eventually to a super bowl championship and if say the cowboys do win the super bowl this year and zeke missed six games it's gonna be rough on him but for as a cowboys fan i kind of wish i kind of wish he would just do it and quiet the story a little bit just you know right this is on the news yeah Look, I think whether or not you agree with the suspension or the process or anything like that, if you're a fantasy owner for Zeke, you got to get a handcuff for him. You can't trust mm. him. you got to have a plan B. Definitely. If it's not Darren McFadden, it's Quiz Rogers. Um, what, what do you think about Alfred Morris? I like – honestly, let me take off my fantasy football analysis hat really quick and put on my Cowboys hat. Okay. My cowboy hat. It's a nice hat. I think Alfred Morris is a much better running back than Darren McFadden, but for some reason the Cowboys coaching staff trust Darren McFadden more. I think Alfred Morris is going to get some opportunity in those six weeks if, isn't, or if Zeke isn't there. Um, but I don't think he's worth a fantasy roster spot. Right. If you're going to get the handcuff, get run DMC. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's that, that's the takeaway there. Don't, don't hang your head on Zeke because there's – Odds are he's going to miss games this year. Yeah, And, yeah, if you took Zeke in the first round and he misses six games, that sucks. If you took him in the third or fourth round and he misses six games, you can probably eke by for a couple weeks. With, right. Assuming you've yeah. got a, another running back in the first round. And then round. you've got a powerhouse as your running back. Exactly. Zeke is fucking awesome. Consistent as hell. Yes. All right. Let's move on. Let's. It's it's a little early in the season to talk about matchups. We don't know what's happening with teams. Yeah, I mean, it's, week it's tough one's to see week what's going to happen. We got we got Patriots, Kansas City, week one. Uh, a lot of people picked up Kansas City defense in their leagues. Uh, I think it's fine, but week one you don't want to play them. Not uh, against yeah, the Patriots. I, don't know. I see the rationale there. Kansas City yeah. seems to have the Patriots number, but week one. No, I, I don't trust it. Yeah, don't there's like a couple it. good options week one. I like. Well, all right, let's talk about it. Look, if you're streaming your defenses, there's two teams you need to be targeting. That is the Colts and the Jets because they are both in full-on tank mode. Yeah. So, look, if and, you are, And when you say target those teams, you don't mean get their defense. You no. mean get the defense that's playing them. Exactly. They are – and arguably Jacksonville until we see how Leonard Fournette does all, well. I, I would add Jacksonville and the Browns in there. Yeah. So, anyway, but definitely top of my list for – if I'm streaming defenses, and I am – yeah, I am looking at whoever is playing the Colts and the Jets, especially while the Colts don't have Andrew Luck. Yeah, well, and that only while the Colts, yeah. Colts don't have Andrew Luck. I'd and say. I don't know. I'll, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see. see. Anyway, and Week One that is the L.A. Rams playing the Colts. I don't care that Aaron Donald's not playing. It, it 
doesn't matter. The Colts are going to be terrible. And then for the Jets, it's the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. That's my defense this week. Yeah, if you were streaming your defense, get one of those two. I got the Seahawks on the back burner, and I got the Colts go, or the Bills going this week. That's good. I'm going to throw out the Steelers. I know the Steelers histor- uh, recently haven't had the best defense, but they're going against the Browns this week. The Browns don't know who they are. I mean, they, they're starting a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks, they're going to throw some interceptions in their first game, most likely. Oh, yeah. I, I would say the Steelers' defense week one is a safe bet. That's probably a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you do want to play against Jacksonville, I think the Houston defense is what you want. Yeah. the Someone probably already owns the Houston defense. Yeah. They, they got a healthy J.J. Watt yeah. and Jadavian Clowney. Someone probably owns them. I mean, yeah. If it's on the waiver wire, pick it up. Oh, yeah. And maybe hold on to it for a while. I mean, I have the Seahawks defense kind of in my back pocket. Not only because they're a great defense, but just because they play the Niners and the Rams twice a year. Yeah. So, and then if you are, you know, just streaming or if you're looking to trying to figure out who to start, I'd say one game to stay away from if you've got a wide receiver quarterback is that Bucks dolphins game just because they're going to be playing in Hurricane Irma. Yeah, this is a weather report. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, they're they're probably going to want to keep it on the ground in that situation. And there, you know, the Dolphins have a great run game with J.H.I. and arguably an offensive, uh, a healthy offensive line. So probably stay away from the Bucks defense, but the Bucks do not have Jug- Doug Martin. And with no Jameis Winston to really be thrown a lot in a hurricane, I think the Dolphins defense is a safe bet. Yes. Yes. Lynn Thunder, um, have you looked into this weather situation much like here's what i'm concerned about what if game day holy shit there's 90 mile per hour winds and two feet of rain on the field and they have to cancel the game what do you think happens to your fantasy team if you've got one of those players going well obviously you lose the season (sighs) yeah i know you shouldn't have (laughs) drafted that you should have said hey look what if there's a hurricane yeah i can lose my whole season yeah i don't know I, that's never. Has there ever been a game canceled well, before? Only the only thing, time I can think of recently is that uh, Hall of Fame game that got canceled. Yeah, but that wasn't. A, that wasn't. I know. I know. Open. But I can't. I. I don't just, think in my lifetime a game has game, ever been canceled. Thunder. They just didn't play the game. I know, and that hurts you. Yeah, you felt betrayed. So I guess. Keep but it your wasn't eyes a fantasy it. game. No, but what happens if all of a sudden, thirty minutes before kickoff, they're like, "Fuck it, we got to shut it down." Look, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, JGI, JGI, Devontae Parker, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills for Carter, or whoever the fuck. <laughs> Jarvis Landry, someone's probably starting him. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's scary. I don't like it. Look, let's just knock on wood. Let's hope things work out for the best. Yeah. And you know what, Kill Crew? We'll see you next week. On my worst behavior. No. They used to never want to hear us. Remember? It's the 503 Killcast. I don't like your jerk-off name. I don't like your jerk-off face. I don't like your jerk-off behavior. And I don't like you. With your host, John Bryant. You stupid, ignorant, son of a bitch, dumb bastard. Jesus Christ, I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. And Lynn, the Jazzman Thunder. No business bond, insecure junkyard motherfucker! Brought to you by Taco Bell. Live Moss. You don't know how to trash talk, do you? I do know how to trash talk, man. Let me give you some trash talk, okay? You know what the difference between your mama and a washing machine is? When I dump a load in the machine, the machine doesn't follow me around for three weeks. What did you do with Lynn Thunder? <laughs> what did you do with Lynn Thunder? <laughs> what did you do with Lynn Thunder? So if we put your fist in your mouth and say, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You drugged me? You drugged me? Now you're a little intrigued. You drugged me. <laughs> <laughs> now you want to see where this party goes. You drugged me. <laughs> now like Really? Really? You mean it?
Really? No fooling? Really? Gee gullies. Really, man? Really? Are you serious? Are you serious? Really? For reals? For realsies? For realsies? Really? No takey backsies? I feel like we got a lot enough reallys in there. You like the sniff, didn't you?